College basketball is only six days away, and we here at Always Talking Ball are giving you all the previews you could ever ask for. I'm your host, Tyler Noe, and we've already covered the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big East, and the Big Ten conferences, and tonight we are going to get rocking and rolling with the top two conferences, according to Ken Palm himself. So let's just get right into it. The Southeastern Conference, ranked second in Ken Palm's preseason rankings. This conference is extremely wide open. They sent eight schools to the NCAA tournament last season. It doesn't just mean more in football. It also means more in basketball. The conference title is completely up for grabs. You've got Alabama. You've got Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, A&M, a couple of underlying schools that could hop up there and get you. But let's start at what we think should be the conference favorite, and that is the Tennessee Volunteers. They return a ton from last year's team. They return three of their top four scorers, Santiago Vescovi, Zakai Ziegler, and Josiah Jordan-James are all back from a team that got a number four seed last year, and they got one of the prized recruits in the transfer portal in Dalton Connect from Northern Colorado. Ken Palm is very high on this team, ranking them in the top 10 in his preseason rankings. And Rick Barnes just keeps doing what Rick Barnes does, and he just keeps racking up wins, just like he did at Texas. They've got a little bit of an issue as a Kai Ziegler. He tore his ACL last February. Obviously, it hurt them a lot in the postseason. And that could be the difference between Tennessee being very good and very great. He was a, an incredible floor general last season, and they were good enough to beat anybody. And their defense was on point with the best in the country. But without him, they just struggled to score a little bit. That's where Vescovy comes in. He averaged 12.5 points a game last year. He played 33 minutes per game. He helped lead them into the postseason when Ziegler went out. He's a reliable three-point shooter. He's going to need to take a step up from that, get closer to 15 points per game. They've got to score points to keep up with some of these other teams in the SEC. In the non-conference, they get to go to Maui. They get to play in the Maui Invitational, their first games against Syracuse. Other non-conference opponents, they get Wisconsin, they get North Carolina, they get Illinois. It's a pretty now, not pretty challenging non-conference schedule. Surprise team here at second is Texas A&M. They get 88% of their scoring back. Preseason Conference Player of the Year, Wade Taylor the fourth is back. He's a preseason second-team All-American. He was not very highly touted coming out of high school, but man, has he developed into one of the nation's best guards. He's only six foot tall, but he is a dog. 16 points a game, four assists a game. You get to the free throw line, he's money from there. Pretty good three-point shooter. He dragged A&M to that seven seed last year. And again, the 88% of their scoring is back, so they are looking to improve on that this year and get that top four seed that they've been looking for. Buzz Williams knows how to get it done. He was at Marquette. He's guided three different schools, obviously Virginia Tech as well. You know, guided three different schools to the NCAA tournament. Uh, but they went 15-3 and three in the SEC, had a really good run in the SEC tournament. Tyrese Radford's back. He's another double-digit returning scorer. They're really going to push for their first conference title since 2016. In the non-conference, they get Ohio State. They get Virginia. They get a good one with Houston. It's a good old Texas ball game right there. It should be very fun to watch this year. Now we got to get to the Kentucky Wildcats. What's going on with John Calipari and the Kentucky Wildcats lately, huh? 
Kentucky has not made a Sweet 16 since 2019, and they have not made a Final Four since 2015. I believe in his first eight years, they racked up six Final Four appearances, and he looked like he was well on his way to becoming quite a legend. He's still a very good coach, um, but in those past eight years, they've, they've enrolled top two recruiting classes in eight of the past nine years, and still no Final Fours. Fans in Lexington are growing a little restless. They're still, I, I still firmly believe, hey, the grass is not greener on the other side always. Be thankful for what you have in Calipari. You can go back to having, you know, some of those coaches you had before where you weren't winning that well. But, yes, he's gone eight years without reaching a Final Four, and he never went eight years at UMass or Memphis without reaching a Final Four. So, yeah, it's among the reasons that, you know, pressure's building. Calipari needs a strong season to keep the locals calm. Luckily for him, he's got some freshmen coming in that are very talented. Justin Edwards could be a preseason All-American. He's going to be the preseason SEC Newcomer of the Year. He's just a beast. He's a very, very high prospect to get the number one pick in the 2024 NBA draft. He's six foot seven, difference maker on both sides of the court. Obviously, has DJ Wagner, who's DeWan Wagner's son. Robert Dillingham is coming in. Aaron Bradshaw is another big freshman they have. Trey Mitchell is a stretch four. He transferred in from West Virginia. But Kentucky has to make a good postseason run. They've got to make a deep postseason run. 22 different schools have made the Final Four since the last time Kentucky made the Final Four. Obviously, Duke, Kansas, Carolina, you know, even UCLA, Florida Atlantic, Loyola Chicago, San Diego State, they've all made the Final Four since the last time Kentucky did. But it's going to be on the freshman once again. He's got some vets. Like I mentioned, Trey Mitchell and Antonio Reeves is back. They've got to, they've got to provide the leadership, but these, these freshmen are going to have to get it done. Obviously, in the non-conference, Kentucky you know, always has a good schedule. State Farm Classic against Kansas is one of the first games of the year. Get a non-conference game against Miami. They get to play North Carolina in the CBS Sports Classic. So they're going to be well-prepared for the SEC play. Arkansas is another team that's very intriguing in this conference. They're returning four of their top eight scorers. Trayvon Brazil is back healthy. Devontae Davis, Makai Mitchell, they're all back. They went to the Sweet 16 last year. Eric Musselman, just that's what he does. He goes to the Sweet 16. He gets it done. He got in two five-star prospects to come in and six transfers. Tremont Mark from Houston. Khalif Battle is coming in from Temple L. Ellis, one of the most impactful transfers in the country, coming in from Louisville. He's a guard. He was the lone bright spot from Louisville last year. He's going to have the, his, the ball in his hands a lot, so we'll see what he has with a lot better players around him than he had at Louisville last year. Tremont Mark coming in from Houston, he's probably considered, you know, other than L. Ellis, one of the best transfers that is in the portal. He's a six foot six guard, averaged 10 points and five rebounds for that Houston team. They were the number one seed last year. Uh, but yeah, Eric Musselman, the Razorbacks are looking to go back to the Sweet 16 for the fourth straight year, but they're longing to get back to that Final Four for the first time since 1995. The non-conference, they get a home game with Duke. That's going to be a big one. And they're in the battle for Atlantis. They host Stanford first, or they get to play Stanford first, possibly Memphis or Michigan, possibly UNC in the championship game if they get that far. Alabama is a team that lost five of the top six scores from last season's team that got the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Brandon Miller, obviously, was the first-team All-American, number two pick in the draft. He's gone, and right there is just a lot to replace. But luckily for them, they've got Nate Oates as head coach, and he's been winning SEC titles left and right. They got a big transfer coming in from North Dakota State, Grant Nelson. 
He averaged almost 18 points and nine rebounds a game for North Dakota State. He's six foot 11. He's going to have a chance to fill those Brandon Miller shoes for the tide. Mark Sears is back. Aaron Estrada from Hofstra, another transfer that was highly touted. He's already played 100 games in his four-year career for three different schools. Started at St. Peter's, went to Oregon, went to Hofstra. There wasn't a better player in the CAA than him the last two seasons. In Alabama, they've got a ton of young players. They've got Rylan Griffin, who looks really good. He looks like he could be a very big impact player for the Tide this year. Obviously, Nick Pringle, they're going to be in bigger roles this year. And, you know, Alabama's going to be at the top of this conference for as long as Nate Oates is at the helm. And I think one of the big reasons is Aaron Estrada from Hofstra. So that's a name to remember. Alabama's got quite a difficult schedule. They've got Ohio State. Purdue, Creighton, Arizona. They even have a non-conference with my Liberty Flames. Uh, so scheduling themselves some tough mid-majors. So that's going to be it's going to be a good non-conference schedule to get them prepped. Uh, and these young guys are going to need it really quickly. Auburn, Bruce Pearl. I mean, he's turned Auburn into a legitimate player on the national level. They've gone to four of the past five tournaments. Obviously, they went to the Final Four four years ago. Janai Broom is coming back. He averaged 14 points and eight rebounds a game. Last year, played 26 minutes. He's probably going to get up into the low 30s this year. Uh, six foot ten forward. Obviously, he should be leading the Tigers into the tournament for the fifth out of the past six years. But they do lose a couple of guys. Um, but Jalen Williams is back. Katie Johnson's back. Aiden Holloway's a five star coming in. Uh, the Bruce Pro got, and they get the season started off right with their first game is against Baylor on Tuesday, November 7th. Uh, they get a Neutral site game with IU. That should be fun in Atlanta. Got a game against USC as well. So don't be surprised if, uh, you know, Auburn kind of becomes that trendy sixth pick here. Mississippi State and Ole Miss. You know, Mississippi State's got 82% of their scoring back. Tolu Smith, he's questionable now. He suffered a foot injury early in October practice. Uh, Andrew Taylor, Shaquille Moore, DJ Jeffries, those guys are going to be relied. Mississippi State just has a terrible non-conference Last year, they played Marquette, and that was basically it. This year, their best best non-conference game is Rutgers. Uh, so just not challenging themselves a lot. And Ole Miss, they've got Chris Beard at the helm. And, you know, you can say what you want about Chris Beard, but he's a really good basketball coach. So he's going to get to continue his career in Oxford. And, you know, it may take him a year or two to get this thing turned around, but he loves his transfers. He loved him at Texas Tech. He loved him at Texas. You know, he got Musa Cisse from – Oklahoma State, Alan Flanagan came over from Auburn, Brandon Murray from Georgetown, just a couple guys. You know, they still got Jamin Brakefield there. So it may take a couple of years, but Ole Miss, you know, could be looking pretty smart with that hire of Chris Beard. A couple teams like Missouri, I mean, Dennis Gates is just pulling out all the stops on the recruiting trail right now. But, you know, they're losing top four scores from last season, including Kobe Brown and Demoy Hodge. Uh, they, you know, brought over Tamar Bates from IU, Caleb Grill from Iowa State. But, you know, if Gates can get what he got out of his guys last year and, you know, get to the NCAA tournament, 25 wins, you know, with the recruiting class he's coming, he's got coming in, he's going to be dangerous. Florida's another team that, you know, last year, Todd Golden's first year didn't go as planned. They finished below 500. Colin Castleton, he missed six games, you know. So they're just they're, they're trying to get it back up off the mat. Obviously, they're doing it with transfers like everybody else. Walter Clayton Jr., Iona, you know, he averaged 17 points a game last year, played for Rick Pitino. So coming up, you know, stepping up in competition. But Riley Kugel, Will Richard, they're going to have to step up too as, as big-time returners there. Yeah, LSU, 
Matt McMahon, I mean, they started off flying out of the gates last year, but they finished the SEC with a 2-16 and 16 league mark. That's just not going to get it done, obviously. Um, so they're looking for their first NCAA tournament since Will Wade was fired. You got Vanderbilt, still no zero, you know, zero NCAA tournament appearances under Jerry Stackhouse. Um, he's been coaching there for four years now. He was touted as a pretty big hire, uh, kind of going to do, do some different things, kind of the Deion Sanders route. So we'll see what he can get going. Mike White obviously came over from Florida. He's now the Georgia coach. You got some, again, RJ Melendez from Illinois coming in. So the, these transfers are tough to keep up with. That's why I'm, I'm sticking at the top of the board for the SEC. If you're looking for best bet, I mean, you can't go wrong with Arkansas at 8-1, to one, Alabama plus 8-50, maybe even Auburn at 12-1 to one to win the league. Now let's get to the number one conference in the land. They've been this way for a while. Yes, that's right, the Big 12 Conference. They're number, they're number one in Kim Palm rankings. They've got the best transfer coming in. And Hunter Dickinson, but it starts and ends with Kansas at the top most years. KU's number one in the Big 12. They're number one in the preseason ACC or preseason AP poll. League's expanding this year with Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and UCF coming in. Obviously, the, the challengers still are there Baylor, Texas, TCU, Kansas State, Texas Tech. So let's just get right into it. Let's start with Kansas at the top. Bill Self has 17 conference championships since taking over in 2003. Can anyone challenge Kansas this year? That's that's the main thing. We mentioned Hunter Dickinson coming over from Michigan. It was very surprising when he moved away from Michigan, but he saw the need for greener pastures as Michigan just wasn't getting it done. But he was first team all Big Ten the past two years, consensus second team All-American. But there might not be a coach and all of college basketball better at putting big men in position to succeed than Bill Self. Kansas also, they're losing a big core. Jalen Wilson is not there. Grady Dick is not there. He was a lottery pick. So they're going to be relying on Dickinson to replace a lot of that production. Luckily for him, they've got K.J. Adams, Dewan Harris, and Kevin McCuller all coming back, along with Nick Timberlake, big transfer out of Towson, El Marco Jones, who's a four-star recruit. He's a freshman coming in. He'll be a role player this year, but he'll be pretty good next year. But yeah, Dewan Harris is going to continue to run the point. This team won, won 28 games a season ago. They're the preseason number one team for a reason. They get the edge in pretty much every category over a lot of teams. So they're going to be looking to compete for another top overall seed. In the non-conference, they get to play in the Maui Invitational as well. They get Chaminade first. Uh, so they'll move on to the semifinals and finals. They get Kentucky in the State Farm Champions Classic, a game against UConn, then they go to Assembly Hall and they play IU in December. So again, they'll be tested before conference play as well. Houston is coming over from the American Athletic Con Conference. How will they handle this transition? It's a very big up and a very big step up in competition for them. Obviously, they're losing Marcus Sasser, they're losing Jarris Walker, but LJ Cryer transferred over from Baylor. Jamal Shedd is back. Jawan Roberts is back. Javier Francis, Damian Dunn, Terrence Arsenault, Emmanuel Sharp, they're all back. And Kelvin Sampson is a heck of a basketball coach. So they should be able to contend in year one of the Big 12. They won the AAC regular season championship in four of the last five seasons, but I don't think they're going to dominate like that. But they should they should contend. It looks like, according to Kempom and according to Bart Torvik, they have the easiest Big 12 conference schedule, which is rare for the Big 12 to do that for a team just coming in. But 
non-conference, they get to play Xavier and Texas A&M. So, you know, they're kind of lighting up their non-conference schedule versus making it tough and playing an easier conference schedule. Very, very intriguing team is the Baylor Bears. They lost their top three scores from last season, obviously, in Keontae George, Adam Flagler, and LJ Cryer. But they brought in a lot of talent as well. This is a third straight season. They've got the big twin, big Big Twelve preseason freshman of the year, Jacoby Walter. He can play elite both ways. He's a projected lottery pick in next year's draft. Obviously, they brought in two veteran guards, Ray J. Dennis from Toledo and Jaden Nunn from VCU. Um, so, you know, it's fair to question whether or not they could be the deepest team at the guard position in the Big Twelve. So the big question is, will the big men play at a high level, high enough level to compete for a conference championship? I think the front court combination with of Jalen Bridges and a healthy Jonathan Chama Chachua is good enough to match up with any power forward center tandem in the Big 12. Um, but the Bears perimeter is talented, yet they're unproven. And these guys are taking a step up in competition. Langston Love is also back. Um, he'll try to you know stay healthy this year. Baylor looks like they got the toughest schedule in the Big 12 conference. They only play the projected bottom six teams in the conference once. So they're going to need Chama Chashua to be very healthy. If not, freshman Eves Missy needs to develop quickly. But this team should be way more talented on defense than last year's team. That was one of the low points for Baylor last year was ends. It might take them a while at the beginning of the year. They get Auburn, obviously, that first game of the year on November 7th. They play Michigan State. They play Duke. Tough non-conference games. Scott Drew is a seasoned coach. By the middle of the Big 12 season, they should be finding their stride. Obviously, Walter is going to be a big part of that. 6'5 shooting guard. He ranked number eight for the last recruiting class. He's the highest-rated incoming Big 12 recruit. Huge opportunity to see a lot of minutes as well. Texas, if there's any team in the top five that's kind of flying under the radar, it might be the Texas Longhorns, shockingly enough. Obviously, they bring back Dylan DeSue and Tyrese Hunter. They got a difference maker in Max Acemas. You remember Max Acemas from Oral Roberts a couple years ago? They made a little run in March Madness, and this little tiny guard, just a sharpshooter from all over the place. He's going to help add a little scoring punch to the Texas backcourt. Dylan Mitchell's back as well. They were the Big 12 tournament champs last year, and now Rodney Terry has the full-time gig officially. No more interim gig. So I think that takes a little bit of weight off of his shoulders, a little weight off the team's shoulders as well. Non-conference, they get Marquette and LSU. So not a super challenging non-conference schedule, but the Big 12 more than makes up for that. Kansas State and Jerome Tang. What an unbelievable season they had last year. Obviously, with Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson transferring in last year. Great run in March Madness. It's a fair question or not whether he can replicate it. Obviously, man, they got Creighton transfer, Arthur Kaluma, Tyler Perry from North Texas is coming over. Tyler Perry will just slide right into Marquise Noel's spot in leading the Wildcats. He was the 2022-2023 Conference USA Player of the Year. He averaged 17.3 points and 2.1 assists per game on a North Texas team that won 31 games last. They opened up the season right there on November 6th in Las Vegas against USC. Another non-conference spot against Villanova. It's going to be fun to watch Jerome Tang's Wildcats again this year. And TCU, Jameer Nelson Jr. Yes, that Jameer Nelson. I hope you all feel really old right now, but Jameer Nelson Jr. 
should have an immediate impact alongside Emmanuel Miller and Chuck O'Bannon Jr. for Jamie Dixon and the Horn Frogs. Avery Anderson is also over from Oklahoma State. Ernest Uday is getting a fresh start after one season at Kansas. But Nelson Jr. is going to be the guy that steers this ship. He averaged 20.6 points and 3.6 assists per game for Delaware last season. So we'll see if Dixon can work some of his magic with TCU. Again, they were known last year for having a terrible non-conference schedule. And it looks this year it looks worse than last year. It was 339th in the country. This year they possibly get St. Mary's in the Diamond Head Classic if they advance. And that's about it. So again, they could be looking at March and thinking to themselves, why do we not schedule a little tougher in the non-conference? As you look down the list, some of these teams may end up sneaking into March Madness. Iowa State, TJ Otzelberger, the Cyclones are just inexperienced. There's a possibility they could trot out four first-time starters at the power conference level, but he landed the highest-ranked recruit in in program history in Omaha, Baloo. Mark Adams stepped down from Texas Tech last March after some comments that were made. And again, another North Texas guy comes in, Grant McCasland. Big seasons at North Texas, and it landed him a Big 12 gig. Under Mark Adams and Chris Beard, Texas Tech had very, very good defense. And that was McCaslin's identity at North Texas as well. So Texas Tech was obviously looking for a fit there, and they found it. Again, Texas Tech, six incoming transfers. That's just going to make or break how McCaslin's first season goes. Finally get to the sum of the newcomers. Wes Miller and the Cincinnati Bearcats are coming over to the Big 12. Arrow's pointing up in Cincinnati, but that transition to the Big 12, they're going to it's going to be a real challenge with a lot of obstacles. You know, they lost Landers Nolly, David DeHulius, so David Julius, so look for some guys to step up there. BYU has two of the top 3 leading scorers from last season's team. Leading scorer Fuseni Treor will again be the main piece of their success. They got KU transfer Marcus Adams Jr. in. Second-year guard Dallin Hall. Let's see if he can build off of last year's season. Down at the bottom of the conference, when you look at West Virginia, they're one of the true wild cards. You just don't know what you're going to get. And obviously, you know, Bob Huggins, they moved on from him this summer, you know, after his radio appearance and DUI arrest. They gave Josh Eilert, assistant coach, the interim gig. He's got his work cut out for him. I mean, they're bringing nine new people to reload the roster, but they got Kirk Creesa from Arizona. Uh, Jesse Edwards is in, Raekwon Battle. I mean, the talent's there, just the uncertainty between the coaching change and the new roster, you know, kind of just a little bit more conservative than other teams. But they could, they, could, they could surprise some people. I think when you look at the Big 12 odds here, obviously you got Kansas, Houston, Texas, Baylor, TCU all at the top. Kansas State at 18-1, to 1, crazier things have happened. I think if you want to take a long shot, you look at that. Or if you want to play it safe, you just look at the Jayhawks at 2-1 to one right now to win yet another Big 12 championship. Well, that's it for the SEC and the Big 12 conferences, and that's it for our conference previews. On next episode, we will break down our top 25 and the Always Talking Ball preseason top 25 and run through all those teams and kind of some highlights for the non-conference and what we expect from those teams. We'll see you next time.